Well, hello, and welcome back to another scary, scary episode of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen LaBooth, and I've got some skilly, skilly stuff for you today. <coughs> I hope everybody's having a great spooky time. Hope work's not kicking your butt. Hope everybody's... Uh, Staying cool and, uh, you know, not roasting out there because it's a very, very hot summer. I'll tell you that. It's one hot summer for the record books, I tell ya. I'll tell ya. Anyways, hope you guys are doing good. I'm doing great. I'm ready to cut some episodes, tell some ghost stories, and scare the shit out of you. How's that sound? But, hey, hey. Just want to say uh, thank you uh, to everybody who keeps uh, subscribing and uh, downloading. My numbers keep going up. My followers keep going up. So keep it up, guys. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think we can reach. Uh, we're going to hit 5,000 in like no time. Now my new goal is 8,000. So we can do this, guys. Just keep passing the word around about my good old ghost stories. And uh, thank you to all the countries that listen. We're being listened to in 10 countries right now. Uh, off the bat, I know it's uh, New Zealand, Spain, Australia, America, Canada, uh, Brazil, Germany, I believe, uh, the UK. And we're starting to get some uh, South America uh, places too, like uh, Kenya uh, and some other other places I can't remember right now. It's it's pretty cool and amazing. It's just awesome, man. Like I said, I love doing this, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Sorry sometimes if I can't read and I sound like stuttering to stand over here. But, hey, hey. But I guess we are ready. Let's get on with some scary stories, guys. What do you say? <laughs> Our first story is the Boulder Hot Springs Hotel. If you are looking for a historic getaway in a Boulder, in Boulder, Montana, then why not check into the Boulder Hot Springs Inn and Spa? The inn was first built back in 1881, and it has been housing guests ever since. Some of these guests are even among the dead. There have been a substantial number of reports making this one of the most uh, haunted hotels in Montana. Although people have heard the uh, disembodied uh, voices of men, felt swift temperature changes, and even heard the sound of children playing in the halls. They are not the most common uh, paranormal reports. Simon... The ghost of a former prostitute wanders the uh, property and has and is seen by many who venture to the location. The story is that someone murdered. Oh, the story goes that somebody murdered Simon, who she was uh, at the end with, and that's why she haunts the place. They say. See what else we got. The Boulder Hotel. 
Okay, we already know about the ghost Simon. Okay, here's what else ghosts have guests have also reported. Uh smelling her perfume and hearing uh disinvolved voices of course and they hear footsteps. And in the hotel lobby uh people have claims to have heard the voices of a uh argue of arguing men of men having a dispute. And what else do we have? It's an historic landmark. And it's all the original building. The ghost uh, the ghost who lives here. Okay, we already know that. She was an ex-prostitute named Simon and Garfunkel. Okay, it is uh, owned to... Okay, we already know that. Okay, well, here's a little story. Last November, we were investigating the building after it uh, after it's been remodeled, and heard strange footsteps and the sounds of someone dragging something, even though no one was uh, upstairs at the time. This is a beautiful building, but beware of ghosts. Who? That seems like a good little spooky old place to go check out. So. I'm not lying. You guys go report on that stuff. Check on it for me. See what it says. <laughs> See how it is. <laughs> See what it scares you. All right. We're going to go to story number two. Okay. Our second story is University Heights. And I believe it is in... Where is University Heights? It is in Seattle, Washington. Ghostly Activities investigated the University Heights Center in Seattle, Washington <coughs> and captured uh, evidence of a male ghost in the basement. The University Heights Center Ghostly Background The University Heights Center uh, uh, opened in 1902 as an elementary school. Then it was open, and uh, then it was open until 1981 or 1989 till it, when it closed. Then it uh, closed. For, then it closed for a few years. And then a couple of years ago, contractors uh, remodeled the place, and be, it began to be the uh, community center that everybody knows today. During its history, there was uh, one tragic event. A teacher allegedly locked a uh, misbehaving student in a closet. She forgot about the student and left him there for a weekend. The boy named Brian died in the closet. Today, witnesses have seen the ghost in one of the classrooms. No other ghost by name are known. That's crazy. How could you lock a fucking kid, number one, in a closet? And then forget about his ass and be like, huh, school's out. I'm going to work. I mean, I'm, school's done. I'm going home. I'm off work. Fuck that kid. That's messed up. Could you imagine dying like that in a dark closet all by yourself? Jeez. Okay. Here are some of the ghost haunt notes. We scheduled the ghost hunt for Saturday, August 20th on 2015. 
It began at 9 o'clock and lasted until midnight. This is a live ghost hunt offering offered by uh, Spooked Seattle. I guess it's a paranormal place. Here are some of the rooms they looked at. They went and investigated the stage room, the principal's office, the boys' room, and Brian's classroom. Okay, we'll see. Okay, the stage room. We'll start there first. Ghostly, ghostly activities first investigated the stage room in, in the uh, waiting area outside its entrance. The group set out, out, uh, the group set out to capture any possible shadows or EVPs, temperature changes or apparitions. Overall, the room had 0.4 mg. And I ain't going to worry about all that. This is well within the uh, normal conditions. Then Celine took a uh, charge of an MVP uh, asking about 30 questions. During the 20-minute stop, the questions frustrated capturing children's ghost uh, responses. For example, she asked questions to get a name if the spirit missed their mother or if or why they stayed at school Celine did not capture any evps in the room we also used a laser grid to find shadow figures the grid did not detect anything and it broke after we left the uh, left its room we could no longer use it for the uh, later points of interest on the stage, we placed an EDI meter on the stage during the 20-minute uh, investigation. <coughs> the temperature rose up a couple degrees, <coughs> and we got goosebumps. Normally, normally a ghostly man manifestation would happen in less than 30 seconds. We did not think of anything indicating anything anything paranormal. The meter did not take any movement at all. However, Jack picked up uh, Jack picked up uh, increased his uh, EMF. So they started picking some stuff up, scanned for some shadows with the red light, seen some shadows, and throughout the room and through the out. Throughout the room's investigation, they used uh, an unfurled camera to capture any apparitions. Ghostly lights, shadows, figures, and they said they didn't see anything the last time they did it. But the first time they did. Then, when they went to the principal's office, they uh, see what they got. The room temperature increased, you know, by a couple degrees. And uh, they didn't really get anything in there. Maybe a voice. But that was about it. Nothing really um, bang them up there, you know. Then they tried to do some more investigation. And they didn't really get anything. Okay. 
And then they went to Brian's classroom. Now, that's when stuff kind of started picking up a little bit. They uh, got the response of a little boy, they said. And then they uh, heard his uh, laughter. And uh, he was just kind of doing a little mischievous stuff like that, they said. But overall, they had a really good investigation, they said, at the University Heights. And they said it's most definitely haunted. They don't know how many ghosts exactly, but they know for sure, like everybody else, Brian is there haunting the place because of his tragic death, because of his stupid-ass teacher. I'm sorry, how do you just forget you left a kid? What you do, stick him in there at 8 o'clock in the morning and then be like, oh, shit. I forgot about him. I wonder where he's been. Dumbass. Ah. All right, guys and gals. Let's get on with the next story. Our next little story... Is of the St. Norbid Monastery in St. Norb, Canada. Father Ratchet had no longer hoped to establish a monastery on a scheduled place of, per, of parish land along the Las the Las 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 River in eighteen ninety one. Ratchet's hopes were realized. He and Teshi of the St. Boniface pursuit, the uh, abbot of whatever. Anyways, he got together with these guys to establish a home for the Trappist monks in St. Norbid. Through hard work and devotion, the monks of Notre Dame das Paris built the uh, monastery into a agricultural operation c complete with a sawmill, forestry, upholstery uh, place, cheese house, bakery, and a greenhouse. Thems, uh, themselves vegetarians, the monks sold meat, dairy products, honey, and their world-famous cheese to the outside community. The monks uh, ranking in number from 30 to 50. Or from 30 to 45. Perfect or prefer, perfected their skills as gardeners, ca gardeners carpenters, iron workers, and uh, artists. The monastic building contract uh, buildings contracted by the constructed by the uh, Trappists were examples of unique religious architect in in uh, Manitoba. The buildings are the buildings are beautiful and restored uh, French design was consisted with the spiritual values favoring simple architect and manual decor minimum decoration the first monastery building uh, constructed shortly after the monks arrived in 1892 was 32 story wooden structure on a stone uh, foundation which featured a cap uh, a chapel a porch and a bell tower it was a uh, 
it was a it was adapted as a house for guests. And in 1904, when the monks moved to a larger residence built nearby. In the uh, Trappist tradition of hospitality, the guest house welcomed church officials, the monks, families, and individuals on treat. And in 1912, the guest house was destroyed by fire. The monks replaced it immediately with a new guest house. The building now is acquired by the St. Norbit's uh, Art Center. Uh, the former 19th Okay. Visitors have reported to the uh, media about feeling of being watched and apparently an uh, apparitions of figures watching them while they are on the grounds, as well as hearing disembodied voices and echoing in the buildings. Well, it's an old monastery. I mean, no telling how many freaking... Uh, Guys died there, man. Bitch, it's a spooky-ass place to go, though. That would be a nice place to check out. Putting that one on my bucket list, sister. Okay, we're moving right along, ladies and gents. Okay, our next story is the Little Bighorn Battlefield. The Sasquatch Nation's Hunk Papa Locata Signs Arcad, whatever. Right. It's talking about all the tribes up here. There's the uh, Blackfoot tribes, the Cheyenne tribes, and the uh, colonists among. Uh, Went to battle with uh, George Armstrong Custard in the 7th Cavalry by Montana's Little Bighorn River on June 25th of 1878. The most native warriors uh, survived. Most native warriors survived it. According to the reports of the Little Bighorn, Little Bighorn's paranormal phenomenon include ghost, poltergeist activity, and electric voice phenomenons. EVPs. Oh, it sounded really smart, sophisticated there. EVPs. Okay, here we go. Custer's Last Stand. According to the D. Brown's uh, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee and History's Battle of Little Bighorn, tensions between the Native Americans and the Federal troops escalated with the discovery of gold in the tribal lands. On June 25th, Custard and 600 troops entered uh, Montana's Little Bighorn Valley, although over 300 did not participate in the uh, battle itself. Word came to the tribes about an intimate attack, so setting a bull gathered gathered his warriors and inserted the women's in in a and insert and insert uh, and inserted the women and children's safety while Crazy Horse left with a large force to meet the uh, assailants. Custer tried to organize his men, but they were quickly uh, defeated. In addition to uh, Custer, over 260 uh, troops and other Army personnel died at Little Bighorn's. Historians believe that the only U.S. cavalry survivor was Captain... Uh, Colts horse, 
Comanche. According to the uh, pheno- uh, according to the paranormal terminology, the phenomenon such as <coughs> uh, phantoms and MVPs reported at Little Bighorn are residual hauntings. Ones that witness, see, hear, smell, taste, feel by touch, and other and our senses. In spite of these apparitions, the uh, residential hauntings have no intelligence because they, because their energy imprinted on the t- on the time and space. E- experts theorize the traumatic experience and violent deaths cause the uh, phenomenon. That would make sense. The park ranger sights phantom warrior horses. Hmm. Sorry if I'm hitting the mic over here. Didn't mean to. <laughs> According to Norman and Scott in their unpublished interview with uh, Myrtle Plan Feather on April 6th of, 6th of 1990, who was a park ranger at the time, had a uh, sweet lodge near the uh, Little Bighorn Battlefield. She gave an uh, elderly elderly man permission to use her lodge, and after he finished his uh, his rights, he his rights, he asked uh, Mardell to make sure that the fire was out. Mardell and her young daughter. Lorna went to the lodge, poured water on the stones, then went outside. Mardell then saw two warriors in their stints on the bluff about 70 feet away. In the bright moonlight, when she checked for uh, evidence that they were there on the next day, however, she found nothing. So basically, she seen something that night. And then when she went to uh, check it out the next day, it was gone. But you got to think, that's just, that's all Indian territory up there. So them Indians were living up there for a long time. Little Bighorn's electronic voice phenomenon. According to Rosemary Ellen Gillies, Ticket, 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 ticket. Okay. According to that, the electronic voice occurs when uh, tape recorders capture an unexplained voice or voice voices, discharging MVPs. Often, t- uh, time are consuming tendencies because they because the words usually aren't clear and often whispered. Most recordings last under a minute. Paranormalists have recorded EVPs on the site of Custard's last stand. They uh, they figure the original recording in slower versions. They are chatting and the voices of women, men, and children are taped recording at the battlefield. But see, that's weird. I think that there wasn't any women and children there, though, was there? I mean, I don't think. I think it was just all men. I could be wrong. I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've been in school. Okay. 
The tragic events and multiple violent deaths at Little Bighorn make it an ideal location of unusual paranormal phenomenon, giving uh, par- giving uh, ghost hunters fertile grounds on which to study and research. I mean, because that was a big dramatic thing. So you figure them people that died there, the Indians and especially the uh, soldiers, because they got their butts kicked. They was really, they was really. Uh, you know, that place is just thick in history with history and it's got a lot of haunting, so be a creepy place to go check out. Okay, well here's what I'm gonna do. I've got like a little short story and then I'm going to go with my last one of the night, the big one. But let's go to a commercial break real quick. What do you excuse me, what mm, got the hiccups. Excuse me. But anyways, we'll be right back. Well, how's everybody doing today? This is good old friend Uncle Dickie from Borderline Texas Trash. The most popular podcast in the world today. It's climbing up the charts faster than freaking slime on a stein, baby. Well, if you're wondering, what the hell is Borderline Texas Trash about? And who is it, some bitch Uncle Boo? Well, Uncle Boo is the most recognizable voice in podcasting today, babies. We're going to get funky like a monkey on some ton of greens. I'm coming in on white lightning, baby, on a silver saddle to bring you the best of borderline Texas trash, baby. I'm your host of the show, Uncle Boo. We go over everything. We do a little bit of politics at the end, but not much. I don't step into that bullshit a whole lot. But we have fun. I go over stupid world news of the day, talk about... Uh, stuff from the past, what the cost of living or stuff was like that. And we just talk about all sorts of fucking fun facts, do a little joking around. And my niece joins the show sometimes. We do a little segment called Ash Handy's Garage on Friday nights, baby. That's our live show we do sometimes. And then I got the uncle that I talked to down in uh, Boothville, Louisiana. And he calls sometimes. We have a little show called Uncle Dickie's Corner. So you guys come check out Texas Borderline, Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I know you will love it. We are on every platform you can think of. Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart. I mean, we're on everything. We're even on Podbean, man. We even got our own YouTube channel. We even got an Instagram account, and we got our Facebook account. So go check us out, man, and come listen to the show. You'll get to listen to Ash Handy, Uncle Boo, Uncle Dicky, and all the most recognizable voices in this motherfucking podcast in the world today, baby. Because we will get funky like a monkey, I guarantee it. Let's just say, baby, I've wine and dined with kings and queens, slept in dumpsters, ate pork and beans, baby. But I am your host of the show, Uncle Boo, Borderline Texas Trash. Don't forget about it. If you want to listen to a show to just get your mind off this crazy world and all the COVID and politics bullshit... <coughs> Come check my show out. Come check me and my crazy family out. Some of the shit we do, we do live uh, shows from the barbecue. So, I'll see you later. Bye. All right, ladies and gents, let's get on with the next story. Our next story is the Marlboroff Hotel. This hotel was originally built in 1914. And was later used as a military 
as military barracks during the First World War. However, most of what is left of the original structure is gone and has been rebuilt. The following is report is reported what sent that was been uh, put on their website. This is a story about a person that had a uh, incident there. It was a typical day late late summer of 2014. I was going to the hotel with my partner to get his student test, and it was the uh, afternoon around 2 o'clock. I had to use the bathroom, so I went to the bathrooms by the main entrance. When I walked towards the bathroom, I noticed this woman coming from the uh, stairwell wearing an old-fashioned clothes like a maid. And she was uh, walk and she was walking freely, uh, free, fairly fast. I did not, uh, I did not think much of it, and I thought maybe there was something going uh, to going on why she was, why she would be wearing those clothes. She turned into the woman's washroom, and at this point, I was right behind her. I watched her walk into the bathroom stall and close the door halfway. Then she stood behind the door. I was thinking, that's weird. As I went to the stall next to her, I watched her heels as I sat down and then got this real creepy feeling because she was just standing there and everything literally went quiet. And then I covered my ears because I thought what this woman was doing. Is she uh, is she killing herself or what? I flushed the toilet and I locked and I uh, locked and I I flushed the toilet and I looked down. It wasn't even three seconds and she was gone. I got out of the stall and then. The stall door, when the stall door was in the extract, exact same position as she had left it. <clears throat> I got out of the bathroom and told him about it, and it was, um, and he was amazed. I have had, I've had past experiences before, so I'm not scared of what happened. But since then, I. I'm curious of what's uh, coming around uh, the hotel. That's crazy. That ghost had to go to the bathroom. Pretty bad. Could you imagine? That'd be weird. That'd scare the shit out of me. You go into a... You follow someone in the bathroom, and they are right by you in the next stall, and they just fucking disappear out of the stall. That is so weird, compadres. Well, we got our last story. Okay, our next story is the Tacoma City Hall. The six-story old Tacoma City Hall with its arched and bridged clock and bell tower is a glorious 1893 Italian Renaissance-style structure designed by E.A. Hatherton, a San Francisco architect. The bricks found at the uh, base of the building that make up the eight feet thick walls were originally used as a 
ballast on a ship in this area. Bell bells and wh- bells and whistles that made its building stately and ornate ornate were in part in its construction. As the city hall was uh, was to be the apple of the civ- of the civic pride and of its uh, portal town, Tacoma, a city that is beside uh, that, it, a city that sits beside Comasistic Bay, that leads to uh, Puget Sound. There is presented brickwork, terra. Cotty ornamentation and a copper tilled a copper tilled roof. <laughs> Just to uh, add a name, a few. The clock tower with its four massive bells inside stands on its own and has walls that tilt in inward to increase the sense of height. The uh, sense sense of height. The clock and the uh, chimes are donated, uh, were donated in 1905 by Hudges C. Wallace in memory of his daughter who died too young. Wallace went into Wallace went on to become the United States ambassador to France. Inside, it is described as a unique blend of classic architectural details, including copper and Fleshments, tall windows, sweeping archways, exposed brick interiors, and high ceilings, 16 feet tall to be exact. Completed by common parry upgrades and modern, modern stuff to create a unique, distinct office environment. The owners, the owners of this building, the Stanford Company, are active. Actively trying to lease the space to uh, businesses while looking for investors to finance the construction of the apartments and or a buyer to take it all on. So far, they have two smaller businesses and one large one involved, which is better than a poke in the eye, I guess. Hopefully, they will get more of the businesses involved in using up more of the space soon. But here's some of the history on the place. Are you ready? From 1893 to 1959, this glorious city hall was home to the Tokomo City Government, complete with jail in the basement. However, by 1959, the historical relic was in need of some TLC in a boatload of funds for renovations and repairs that would give the structure a much needed facelift and monitorations of its uh, faculties and its city did not have a boatload of money they moved Tokomo city government into the new modern building that also has home that also was home to the Pierce County office the old Tokomo City Hall School Oh Hall stood vacant for more than ten years as a daunting fix, fixture upon 
uh, I mean, fixture upper up. Or anyways, it's just a fixture that big old structure that sat there empty for ten years. The city hall nearly torn down, but it was it was nearly torn down, but it was saved in nineteen seventy four, when the old hall was placed on the National Registry of uh, Historical Places, which generated some interest in interest in the building, but no one profited preser per uh, pers Nonprofit preservation groups came together to raise funds to restore the building, meaning that it would be a long uphill climb. Yeah. A long uphill climb with full re uh, restoration. Man, is this going to talk about any fucking ghost at all? I don't give a shit about what they're all doing. Okay, we're going to go right here. A disaster happened in uh, November of 2009 when inside fire sprinkler broke, sending 300 gallons of water into the building, soaking walls, carpets, and then creating a uh, bunch of uh, black mold that started uh, going everywhere. So that sucked. Okay, here's a history of the ghosts right here that are in the building. No one knows who and how. Oh, God damn it. No one knows who and how many spirits call the old Tacoma City Hall their home. Some possible theories as to who they are listed below for your amusement buildings that historically have been hotbed of political deals and government businesses for the people sometimes harbor spirits that are still at it perhaps trying to finish some unfinished business the building once home of the city government of tacoma that truly was a place of drama Decision-making, deal conversation, and lots of paperwork and processing. And many stories found in the uh, website entails are lonely and misinteractions, so they engage the living for chuckles and company. The entity named Gus described below sure loved being recognized and talked to by the living as his antics were done for attention building structures that are struggling fixtures upper opportunities sometimes draw back into the world entities who really love the place and they try to get the attention of the living to do something about the disrepair and the uh, shabbiness in any manner they can think of it. So basically, they're uh, trying to say, hey, what's going on at the building? Why aren't you fixing it? The ghosts and the spirits love to play with and enjoy electrical items and can reset the uh, temptation to do so. And Oh, and cannot resist 
the temptation to do so. Items run by electricity are popular with these spirits in the old hall. Here are some of the ghosts, the manifestations. He is named Gus by the uh, Tokomo Bar and Grill Restaurant, once located on the first floor. Activity in the old bar area of the restaurant. Gus had an in, Gus had an intention uh, act for each new employee. He could knock each bottle of alcohol off the shelf, assemble line fit. A simple line finish in front of the startled employee, and yet bottles never break. On opening day for the restaurant, the stove stopped working, and nothing was deemed to be wrong with it. Afterwards, the stove worked again with no other uh, hitch. It's just the ghost, Gus. Gus would stop his pranks when the new employee would start talking to him. Apparently, he was lonely and he wanted attention in its manner. Makeshift play on the ten tensions. Tendons have tendons have been looked out of their uh, have been locked out of their offices and doors slammed by themselves. <coughs> Entities and the security guards. The elevator goes up and down all by itself. And reported tendons, visitors, and security guards. The uh, entities that haunts the old city hall likes to exercise the security guards to keep things lively. Security guards had spent many of many a night chasing intelligent shadows. Throughout the building. Guards would see shadows floating down the halls. And go around them. As they patrolled the halls. Lights are turned on and off too. Pretty creepy. I don't know if I would want to go there. And uh, be a security guard. From the outside. People have seen lights turn on and off. By themselves. Causing the guards to check. To see if anyone is there. After every investigation, the living find that the rooms that had their lights on were off by the time the in, by the time they enter the room. They ring the bells mainly in the sit in the city hall at all hours of the night. To catch the practical jokers, the manager manager spent the night in the building but found that no one living was making the bell ring. But left the more left the left in the morning convinced that an entity was haunting its place. When alone in the hallways, some people have felt the uh, rush of unseen people go past. Near the old Near the old council chamber, disemboweled coughs or some nervously clear somebody nervously clearing his throat can be heard, perhaps a bit to a bit on edge before coming before the city council. Most is there okay. 
Is it still haunted? Most probably so. Through my two book sources are the uh, are the are old. The same activity is still happening according to the online sources. Past politicians, employees, staff, perhaps prisoners are two for, are two from the jail are all possible for the shadows seen and chased and other paranormal activities that has been reported. Some of these ghosts may be lonely and they may need some entertainment. Or maybe they just want to play with you and keep turning the lights on and off. <coughs> Excuse me. But anyways, you guys remember that when a ghost is messing with you. Maybe he's just lonely and wants to spend a little time with you. Well, like I said, I appreciate you guys letting me do this and uh, like what I do. Sorry if I sound like stuttering Stan sometime when I'm fucking reading. But hey, I'm fucking trying. But hey, I think that was a good show. Hope it didn't scare you too much. We got some more shows to cover, uh, so... Just want to say thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for following and hitting the subscribe button. Make sure you go to Spotify, Amazon, and all the other places to check out the show. And please, please, guys, start leaving me some reviews. Say something. Is the show good, bad? I mean, I'm glad my numbers are growing up and the followers are coming up, but... I need some reviews, maybe some five stars, four stars. But give me a five-star review, guys. Come on. But go check our show out. Check out the Facebook, too, guys. Check out the YouTube channel. I'm keeping it caught up, but we will guide. I will see you later. And if you have been listening to this, you have been listening to Ghost Stories from the South. I am your host, Stephen LaBooth. And I hope I didn't scare you too much tonight. <laughs> Bye.